0: Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Freese, and you are listening to What the
1: Fuck,
0: where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. How you doing? Pretty good. Season four, got a few episodes down. Yeah. I've been enjoying I'm enjoying the journey, and today we are talking about breaking of bread. Oh, nice. So I'm hungry to learn the background of this <laughs> yeah. topic. What is the background, Pastor Joel?
2: Yeah, we love talking about food, don't we? Yes, we do. So, okay, we all eat, right? But do we know its impact on the church or the way this... Cause of the church is meant to be applied. So, in this episode, we'll be coming at breaking of bread through the lens of the church, especially since it is one of the four causes that we taught about in an earlier episode. Remember Acts two forty two, and in no particular order, it said apostles' doctrine, fellowship, prayer, and breaking of bread. So that's really the background. Is it's one of the causes of church and it's about eating food.
0: This is, it's interesting that we're covering it. I get that this is one of the four causes, so it should be obviously super important, but we're talking about topics that have caused damage. Yeah. So how has breaking bread cause damage in the church that's kind of this is an interesting subject
2: yeah so i mean well the bible talks about food a lot right so like for instance there's an ordinance where we're meant to participate in what is called communion or the lord's supper yeah okay there were sacrifices done before the temple or tabernacle, Jesus mm. sure seemed to love food, right? Even right. when being tempted with it during, or even being tempted with food during his 40-day temptation. The Bible refers to gluttony, a sin involving food.
0: Uh-huh. The
2: Bible refers to fasting, periods of time where we don't eat at all. So there are so many different things that involve food. It is, seems, it does, and we know it's a cause of church. It does seem kind of like weird that we're talking about this. Yeah. Maybe even kind of silly, like, is this even worth our time to talk about? Like, really, have people been hurt by the church in this area? But really, the conflict, big picture, the conflict is really around people just being really ignorant of how this does impact the church and how this can benefit the church in the way that Christ intended it to. So we'll we'll get into the specifics but really the people been hurt mainly by just thinking about food just for the sake of eating and not necessarily the benefit it is meant to bring to a community of believers.
0: Got it. Okay, and that and then that makes sense looking back on like the Old Testament and stuff like that where there were there were tons of uh guidelines about what to eat and how to eat and when to eat and all of that and then bringing up the fasting is an interesting point so this must be massively important to have so much focus of the bible be on that yeah right okay so usually when we're talking about these topics we have uh this conflict impacts the church and it forms kind of two distinct sides, people who are more focused on the rules and regulations and others who are focused on more freedom. So can we go over what this looks like and the strict side, Pastor Joel?
2: Yeah, the, the strict side. So it's funny, you, you mentioned the old Testament with all these laws and guidelines and, limitation after limitation after limitation about the food you could eat the food you couldn't eat when you could eat it that would have been a great example of the limitation side right Mm. where it's like we require people to eat certain food on certain days and that that can happen in some denominations yet when we talk about you know not eating meat on fridays during lent or sure there's situations like that but what we see really in the church is the strict side is is really seen eating food for the sake of eating like come to church have something to eat and the only benefit you'll receive is the physical nourishment you know church picnic potluck refreshments it's about the food nothing more Mm. but this gets real dodgy and where the where the strict side can be damaging is when the churches or pastors do this, a bait and switch. Oh. I have an event at my church and draw people in with a meal. And you have to hear me preach or evangelize. Now it's not wrong to have a meal where you also preach. The issue comes when it's the bait and switch, the, We've I, we've advertised this as a just come, hang out with us, have a, have a meal. But then you show up, and the next thing you know, somebody's bringing you through the Romans Road, or somebody's trying to convict you of your sin, or preaching the Bible at you,
0: trying to t- trying to sell you a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah it's a christian timeshare right yeah (laughs) the thing is though those timeshares are less hypocritical because at least you know you're going in and
0: you're going to get a pitch right you're going to get pitched
2: you're going to get pitched something and if you think you're smart enough to turn down the pitch maybe you'll get to hang out at the ski lodge for a couple days nice (laughs) the issue here is when you know when it's the the bait and switch is you don't You're being, you're being manipulated into something you didn't agree to ahead of time.
0: Totally. Wow. That's awesome. So how do these people support the strict perspective with the Bible? Well, I just argue, I'm doing something for your benefit. I'm
2: preaching the word of God, but really you look at acts two 46 through 47 says, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house did eat meat. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. So I could use that verse to really emphasize this point of I'm supposed to do this. Right. The Bible tells me to do it. And I can use that as a rationalization for the manner in which I do it.
0: Mm.
2: But even if I would tell you to come and eat and then do the bait and switch. You should be happy that I did that, right? I'm preaching the word of God to you. So again, it puts the burden on the other person. And really the benefit ends up being to the person preaching, the person evangelizing. Because now I get to feel good about me being a doer of the word. Forget about whether or not it was at your expense. Because it's really easy to rationalize. I can take something, what the Bible says. Focus on the what. Ignore the how and why, and I can use that to feel good about my own walk with God, Mm. even if it's at your expense. And unfortunately, a lot of times when these bait and switch are happening, the people come and they eat a meal, and then a lot of times whatever message they're hearing with it may or may not even be the apostle's doctrine, which is one of the other causes of church. But it's like, come eat, hear me preach and be happy about it.
1: I fed you. You owe me. Wow. But it is, it's, they're feeding people,
0: which like you said, is a right what? They're, they want to help people. I mean, hopefully yeah. they want to help people. Um, I imagine some people could be doing it to alleviate their conscience, but it is a, it's, giving a meal for people or wanting to deliver the gospel in a deceptive fashion. Right. Right. And it, it makes sense why that, that would be so dangerous is because yeah. now all of a sudden the, the people who are eating this meal are going, wow, I was deceived into having this meal. And that is the emotion that they attach to the gospel, especially if it's the first time.
2: I was deceived into hearing the truth.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's tough.
2: Right. Because now the emotion I have attached to the truth is going to be the emotion that I feel through that deception.
0: Oh, yeah. No wonder it's it's creepy. No wonder people associate uh, Christians with used car salesmen. (laughs) No
2: kidding. And honestly, truth is hard enough to swallow as it is. Right. It's already convicting in and of itself. We don't need to increase the difficulty of receiving truth by deceiving people into hearing it. Man. De-
0: de- deceptive pizza party. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just hang out, um, eat pizza. Plus, Just kidding. Uh,
2: uh, plus, you're going to ruin the emotion attached to pizza and no one wants
0: that (laughs) no one wants that Oh. oh nice so how would you handle an interaction with someone who was on that strict perspective side well i
2: could ask simply ask is this for my benefit or yours
0: nice yeah
2: i could ask what is the benefit of breaking of bread to the church again kind of similar to in this area, a lot of times what we're doing is asking people to define the concept or the term that they're using. And then, really, you could ask is the breaking bread cause of church really only about the food itself? Or is it about facilitating something greater for the church? And maybe even ask do you think you need to deceive people into hearing the message of the gospel? Mm. Is that the manner in which Jesus would want us to deliver his good news? So those are some questions I'd ask, depending on how the person manifested the strict
0: side. Awesome. All right, let's summarize here. So where we're at is the strict side treats the eating of food as a way to get you to listen to them preach. Yeah. This is their strategy. I feed you, I preach to you. If I feed you, then you owe me your ears to listen to my preaching.
2: And it's one way, right? I'll feed you and you'll mm-hmm. listen to me talk at you.
0: Right. Yeah. And so there's really no benefit to the church or in facilitating the church because it's like what what we were just saying, this is, this is deceptive. This can be deceptive. This is a, this is a bait and switch. Right. And it definitely is, you know, we talked in previous episodes about the equaling out of justice. We talked about justice a lot. And so that is like someone saying, I want my benefit from feeding you immediately. Yeah. Which is actually not loving either.
2: It isn't. There's a, there's an expectation there, right?
0: Yeah. So there's all sorts of things wrong with this perspective. I could see it. Awesome. And it makes sense why there's so much damage. I in fact have bait and switch damage. As soon as you said it, I was like, Ooh, yeah, I feel that.
2: Yeah. So it goes deeper again, what these topics are, are, Mm -hmm. is, is great. And sometimes people are sometimes it takes a few minutes to listen to these episodes before you realize, Oh, this is always deeper than what the concept is or what the topic is. There's behavior and there is, you know, manipulation and, and uh, deception happening in the how and why that transcends the topic we're
0: talking about. Amazing. Awesome. Well, let's take a call we do have a call. We have a caller from McMillan, Alabama. This has got to be Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are
1: on the line. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. It is I, Pastor Richard Tater, calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? Just wanted to let you know that I am, in fact, the largest... Pastor of the largest church in McMillan, Alabama. Now, when I say largest pastor, I don't mean width wise I mean, you know, like in enthusiasm and, uh, 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 and joy of the Lord to be here with y'all. So I do have so much to say upon this matter of breaking of bread. Now, we always taught people that breaking of bread refers to communion, a.k.a. the Lord's Supper. That is something that ought to be done every time the church gets together. Do you need me to tell you the verses for that?
2: No, we don't. Thanks, though. And and really, we love your enthusiasm, Pastor Tater. And I agree that communion is an example of breaking bread because it came from the last section of the Last Supper. It was the afikamen, the dessert bread eaten after the supper however before that moment before the dessert bread was eaten jesus broke bread and ate a meal with the disciples
0: hey did jesus do all four causes of church during the last supper
1: Mm. he did so you are saying that Jesus did all four causes of church and had communion? Yes. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This has been an enlightening phone call, I must say. I'm going to hang up and listen to the rest of this great show. This was my favorite podcast. Ooh, hey, God bless.
0: Oh, thank you so much for the call, Pastor Tater. I love it when he calls, Pastor Joel. I can see his perspective, but it's like he stopped short.
2: Yeah, exactly. So communion by itself can be seen as breaking bread. However, instead of just stopping there, taking it one more step like you did, leads to an explanation that's always true, which is doctrine. Right? Gotta love so the doctrine,
0: big, Pastor Joel. Yeah. Gotta love that doctrine. Yes,
2: Contextless truth, right? Yeah. So the big thing to remember is these four causes of church ought to go both ways between people at church. It's not that the church feeds people so the church can teach at people. Whatever explanation a person has for these four causes ought to go both ways, like fellowship, right? The sharing goes both ways. Right. With breaking a bread, you eat and I eat. I feed you and you feed me. It's sharing at the physical level. It should go both ways, not just the church providing a meal for you and not just the pastor preaching a message at you.
0: Wow. Right. Not I'm full, then I feed you. We eat together. Interesting. Together. Nice. Now let's talk about the loose side, Pastor Joel. What's the other perspective or the opposite perspective on the other side?
2: The loose side is always going to be this perspective that avoids tension. I want to feel good. I don't want others to feel bad. And with breaking of bread, that would be even with what they eat. And how this is manifested, this cause of the church would be I give food to the poor I feel good when I do that You know what, it even helps the poor people Mm. I might volunteer for a soup kitchen Or donate food to a food pantry Or maybe even work At a food pantry and volunteer there So they're poor They're poor, they need food I'm helping them from this side of the counter But the issue comes when I'm not Sitting down with them to eat together
1: Oh man, this is
0: baller (laughs) Yeah, this is one, so
2: this isn't the breaking of bread, cause of church. This is giving and feeding the poor, which is cool. But let's not rationalize it as if that's me partaking in breaking
0: of bread with the church.
1: Oh wow,
0: that's awesome, Pastor Joel. Yeah, incredible. So, how have people been hurt by the loose perspective?
2: What's well, only filling a tangible need? Right. People are missing the benefit that comes from breaking bread together. Mm. And people are deceived into thinking that just giving food to the poor, even in cases where I don't even see the people I'm giving to, like, hey, how about the times where people, you know, like I remember when my son was in Cub Scouts, we'd have food drives and we'd walk around the neighborhood and we'd put plastic tie bags. Onto people's doorknobs, and on the bag it would have a a date and time when we would come back and pick the bag up off your porch. And you could choose to put non-perishable food items and canned goods and stuff like that in the bag. Hmm. I may not even see the people I'm giving food to. Hmm. If I do that and use that as my support for participating in church, I'm on the loose side. Wow. That is not in the, that is not in the truth. That is not a cause of church. Yes, it is filling a need. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. Yeah, Let's not do that and use it as a rationalization to not actually have meals and break bread together with the people in our
0: communities, in our church families. That is amazing. How would you handle an interaction with someone that held this perspective?
2: I could ask if that person's experiencing church with the people that they're giving food to. Or I could ask, do you think that this is church in the way that Jesus intended it to be? Just giving one way?
1: Wow,
0: that is like... Jesus feeding the 5,000, but everyone was hungry together.
2: Yeah. And they I, ate I've, together, right? Right. Right. So it is the resolution there is the giving of the food to the people wasn't the breaking of bread. It was the eating of it together as a community was.
0: Yeah. And there wasn't uh, and I love how you said this, this divide there, there wasn't right. this divide between, the people giving the food and the people that were eating the food, everyone ate the disciples gave, but everyone ate. It's just, this is, that's a really interesting concept. And I can see how, again, people would be hurt by even having their needs be filled with food because it could be creating a divide between people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it really could.
0: Where people who are receiving the food could feel disconnected From the people who are giving them the food.
2: And maybe these people who really do need the food are less likely to go to these places that offer the food because they feel that divide. Whoa. Maybe if we were more willing to sit and eat with these people, they'd be more likely to come and participate in the
0: breaking of bread. Wow. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, what are some of your thoughts? I tend to see people in three categories as it relates
2: to breaking a bread in the church. There's the group of people I feel sorry for. These are the people who they do give food to others, which is fine, but they think that this is breaking a bread and or participating in church. Mm. These people are better off viewing this as ministry. Nice. Not church. Nice. These people are not experiencing an exchange between people as the church is meant to. That sucks. That's why I feel bad for these people.
0: Yeah.
2: There's the group of people. The second group are people I understand. I understand them. I understand why they leave church. I understand why they're frustrated. I understand the, the difficulty they're experiencing when they're damaged in this area. These people are often frustrated at the church when they feel manipulated into participating into an, in an event. I mean, you said we'd have a great church event with food, but it was really just a way for you to draw me in and others in to listen to you preach yet again. Like, go ahead and preach. But why do you need to manipulate me to come and hear you? And then there's the group of people that I'm impressed with. These are people that when breaking of bread they recognize that it facilitates an exchange, an exchange both ways. Not just me giving you food, not me manipulating you into hearing me teach or evangelize, but we eat a meal together and share in other ways while we break bread.
0: Beautiful, which leads to the ultimate answer. What is the ultimate answer about breaking bread, Pastor Joel?
2: The ultimate answer is breaking of bread is a catalyst for the physical health of the church. Now, we saw fellowship was the emotional health, the emotional cause. Mm -hmm. Breaking of bread is the physical. Physical cause bringing physical health. Now, we all have to eat, we don't have to pray. We don't have to study the apostles' doctrine. We don't have to fellowship with each other. But if I don't eat, I'm going to die. I'm going to physically die. So let's take opportunities to dine together. Together. Mm. So when I look at the Acts Church, the four causes of church, as a whole, those four causes are drivers. Meaning I ought to focus on these four together more over time with the community of believers I'm a member of. Nice. But when I start separating out each of these four causes in and of themselves, the perspective shifts a little bit. So we discuss fellowship. This in and of itself is a driver, meaning there's not an amount that's too much when it comes to fellowship. You can't have too much fellowship. Hmm. But as far as breaking of bread goes, in and of itself, by itself, we can see this one as a hurdle. Meaning there is a certain amount of breaking of bread that is the right amount to facilitate physical health. Nice. In other words, there is an amount that would be too much. I think that's pretty clear that I think everybody listening would understand what it means to eat too much food to the point where it starts making us unhealthy physically.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't, you want to, you eat a bunch of food and you don't want to share. Right. (laughs) Like you don't want to share after you have a food coma and you're like, I don't, I, you just like, you want to sit down and isolate, you know? Right.
2: So go home and take a nap or maybe like, so even in the short term, you can see the ramifications of even eating too much in one sitting. I might get sick. But even eating too much long term and making a habit out of it can really de- be a detriment to my long-term physical health. I might end up dying, physically dying earlier because of my eating habits.
0: Yeah, develop an addiction and
2: right. Yeah. Absolutely. So there is a right amount. Nice. So what's the right amount in breaking of bread? The amount that facilitates the other three causes of church beautiful we can and should see the breaking of bread as a catalyst not only for our physical health but for an opportunity to grow in love an opportunity to grow in the other causes of church we can we can discuss and talk about the apostles doctrine we can grow emotionally more intimately with one another in fellowship we can pray with each other while we eat. And aren't those some of the greatest times of dining and communing and, and having the Lord's Supper and potlucks and breaking of bread period are the times where we're learning stuff, the times where we're growing in emotional intimacy and fellowship with one another, the times where we're dedicating the meal and the time to, in prayer to the Lord with each other. Those are some of the greatest food events we've ever had.
1: Oh,
0: 100%. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening,
1: everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.